Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. excited to share with you today's Song of the Soul guest, Pat Humphreys. With her partner, Sandy O, Pat performs as Emma's Revolution, creating powerful, moving, and fun music, often with activist themes. She's got loads of songs that she's created, but for today's Song of the Soul, she's chosen mostly to share the music from others that has inspired her and filled up her spiritual cup. We'll have Pat and Sandy on Spirit in Action soon to share more of their music. But first, we'll get Pat Humphreys on the phone to share with us the musical roots of her passion. Pat, I'm so pleased to have you here for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much. Whereabouts are you right now? You're on tour somewhere, right? We're in Charlotte, North Carolina, actually, at the Unitarian General Assembly. I know that you were at Friends General Conference at our national gathering some years back. So you you sing for Quakers, you sing for Unitarians. Do you have any religious or spiritual leaning yourself? Our spiritual leaning is really in the direction of peace and justice. So we tend to enjoy meeting up with groups that have as central to their spirituality also a, a sense of a need for service and community organizing and justice-oriented work. So we work with the Unitarians, with the Quakers, UCC, Churches and Unity, Churches and also the uh, Ecumenical Catholics. And uh, we're really, we're happy to go wherever folks are conscious of their work in the, in the community and their impact on the community. 
Is that the same as saying that you like reaching towards religious folks, or do you prefer secular folks? Some people, I think, are kind of phobic of religious folks. I don't share that concern. My feeling is that um, wherever people are sort of really living their principles and coming from a place of love and justice, it's where I want to be. So I don't favor one over the other necessarily. I have worked with atheists as well as folks that, you know, that subscribe to a more earth-based spirituality to folks that are very devoutly religious of one sort or another. You know, I think the, the common denominator there is really just coming from that place of principle and that place of, of love that really matters to me. That having been said, Pat, I find much of your music very spiritual. So you clearly are carrying some of that within you. Do you have some background uh, religiously, spiritually, or how do you in your day-to-day life practice this deep spirit I witness? For me, it's staying connected to that the place that music takes me. And that music takes me, I think, to both a higher self and a deeper self. It's something that connects me to the earth as much as it connects me to all the people around me. And, you know, I was raised, like many people, in a kind of a standard Christian-based, and you know, in my case, sort of middle-class white Christian-based. Oh, we were Episcopal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, I always gravitated, one, toward the music. I loved to sing from the time I was really young. So if I could sing in a choir but also be with people that I felt were genuine, that seemed to care about their impact on the world and seemed to care about one another. That's who I was always drawn to. You know, I got very involved even for a while, I think, in the youth group, but it was because I wanted that connection to people and I wanted that connection to the music that sort of kept me going in that setting. You mentioned being in a choir or being in choirs along the way, how central music is to you. This is Song of the Soul, so start us out with the song and let's get some idea of what affects you or what speaks your soul's values. What's number one? Well, this was an interesting task to consider. You know, the way I interpreted the question to begin with was to look at some songs that have really spoken to me over the years that were sort of formative in some way. So one of the songs that I chose is one written by Leon Heco, Solo le pido adios. And I first heard that song, sung by Pete Seeger. And something that struck me about the song was not only just that it was, it was a beautiful song, just in the way it sounded, and clearly came from a very deep and very spiritual place. But when Pete was interpreting the song and starting to sing, it made him cry. I know Pete to be a softie, so it's not like I haven't seen him like that before, but there was something that struck me particularly when when he sang this song. And the song is is about asking God, in this case, to keep me from being indifferent to suffering. I thought that was such a profound thing as an as an activist. So often when we listen to people's stories, when we hear some of the trauma, you know, some of the horrific experiences that people have, it's difficult to hear those things. And one is tempted, I think, sometimes when you hear too much of that or hear a certain amount of that, to be sort of overwhelmed. And at that juncture, rather than just sitting with that and feeling the grief, some people can go fairly instantly into a place of 
just not being able to feel anymore. And I understand that that in itself is probably a response to trauma. But there's a particular kind of grace, I think, in getting to a point where one can sit with that pain and sit with that grief and sit with the horrific detail, allow that to be the catharsis and move through that at the point where we can share in that and allow it to motivate us to action. That's where change happens. And that's why you picked Solo Le Pido Adios in this version by Mercedes Sosa and Leon Hico. Hico. Leon Hieco wrote the song. Then I heard this wonderful version by uh, Leon Hieco and Mercedes Sosa. There was something about Mercedes Sosa's voice, too, that uh, is in itself some kind of you know global meditation. There's something in the harmonics of her voice that just seemed like they speak from the core of the earth. She was really a profoundly beautiful vocalist.
That was Solo Le Pido Adios, sung by Mercedes Sosa and Leon Hieco. That was song number one for Pat Humphrey's Song of the Soul. We're going to hear at least one song by Pat in this set, and I'm going to have her back. She and her partner, Sandy, perform as Emma's Revolution. Their website is emmasrevolution.com. And when we have them back, we'll hear a lot more of their particular music, the strong witness activist music that is so, it's integral to the warp and woof of what you do. Do you ever just do a simple love song that's, uh, you know, has no overtones to it? (laughs) Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. Actually, there are two or three love songs on on this new CD that Sandy and I are, are working on. There's Scottish songwriter named Dick Gawkin. Someone came up to him at a concert, apparently, and said, oh, why do you always sing, uh, you know, all these political songs? Why don't you ever sing love songs? And he said, all of my songs are love songs. And I think there's truth to that. I really appreciate that view of things. But it, it is true that I sort of challenged myself at, at one point several years ago to write a love song because I, I hadn't really. And I thought, not everybody can sit song after song and <laughs> listen to issue-oriented material like I can, I suppose. But <laughs> And I found that I, I really enjoy writing something that's a little bit lighter every now and then. To indulge a little bit in a little bit of the personal, it really makes a big difference, I think, in the midst of all the work that needs to be done, to share a network with a companion and to focus on the importance of love. Not just in the personal sense, but in a, a more global sense as well. And even in the context of our love songs, some of them are, you know, the personal is political kinds of messages. But I, I think there's value in that. <laughs> the last song, by the way, that's in Spanish. How conversant are you with Spanish? Could we do this interview in Spanish? No, <laughs> not at all. I wish I was conversant in Spanish. <laughs> I know some vocabulary words, but that's about it. I have done a fair amount of travel in Central America, and I've been to Cuba a couple of times with Pastors for Peace caravans, and which really only means that I have a little vocabulary, but uh, I'm horrific at the grammar. And, and I, you know, I was raised by a Southerner and a Midwesterner, so... If I can't speak appropriately, I don't, I don't open my mouth. It's really a problem for learning languages. <laughs> you have to be willing to make a whole lot of mistakes. <laughs> well, I think you're fortunate to have traveled there. At least you got to hear and absorb some of the music of the language in those places. Can you give us another song? You know, one of the other things that uh, I've been very much influenced by is gospel music, lots of different kinds of gospel music, but one woman in particular that I found, uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp, was just, she was an amazing performer. I mean, just 
incredibly spirited. She had, you know, put the most amazing energy into into her songs. And she was also a great guitar player. And really early on, she was a contemporary of uh, Mahalia Jackson. What I heard is that Sister Rosetta, she was as much a gospel singer as she was a jazz singer, which you know, early on in Mahalia Jackson's days, apparently, was really frowned upon by singers in the church. There was definitely association between jazz and the juke joints and, you know, drinking and, you know, all the, you know, the evils that went along with that and the, and the sanctuary from that, I think, you know, was the church. And, you know, never the twain shall meet, but they met in Sister Rosetta in this really powerful way. And this was apparently at a time where Mahalia Jackson didn't feel like the music of the church should even be played out in public halls, that it, that it belonged to the church. And here was Sister Rosetta taking the music, you know, songs about scripture and, and everything, and jazzing them up and playing them with big bands, with her on the guitar, when, you know, very few women were instrumentalists. Uh, let alone guitar players, maybe flautists. So she's playing these rocking jazz, one-string kinds of leads, and she's singing this remarkably powerful gospel music. She was such a profound artist and uh, a woman so far ahead of her time. And it was really after, and I think partly because of Sister Rosetta Tharp's example, that artists like Mahalia Jackson began to move, take the gospel music out of the church and, and into the community and seeing some value in reaching people on the street and not just folks that happened to find their way to her and, and to the church. So I thought that was really powerful and, and fabulous. And she seriously rocks it. And the song is Up Above My Head. I hear music in the air, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Up above my head. Up above my head. I hear music in the air. I hear up above my head. You know head. I hear music in the air. I hear music in the air. Up above my head. Up above my head. I hear music in the air. I hear music in the air. And I really do believe. Yes, I, I really do believe, believe that there's a heaven somewhere. Heaven somewhere. Up above my head. Up above my head. I see trouble in the air. I see trouble in the air. Up above my head. Up above my head. I see trouble in the air. I see trouble in the air. Up above my head. Up above my head, I hear music in the air. 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 I hear music in the
You're listening to Song of the Soul. My guest today is Pat Humphreys of Emma's Revolution. Their website is emmasrevolution.com. She just shared with us one of the songs of her soul, which is by Sister Rosetta Tharp, Up Above My Head, I Hear Music in the Air. Why did you pick that particular song? Well, because it does have her vocals and her guitar, which I really love. And I think she doesn't get enough credit as a guitar player. But I also just... I didn't necessarily choose it for its particular spiritual value. It's a fabulously fun song to sing. I've heard Kim and Reggie Harris do a a version. I think there are probably a lot of versions of that song. But Reggie and I have had great conversations about Sister Rosetta in particular, and we both really love singing that song. So that's really primarily the reason. Do you sometimes in concert just break into some gospel music kind of stuff? Not all that often. It depends. More often it's when we're at a festival or something where there's a context for that. Our concerts don't so much lend themselves to that range of stuff. But, you know, we actually do some things that touch on that. In fact, this new CD is going to have a a version of Bright Morning Star that I adapted a, a number of years ago. And we often open our sets with something a cappella. And it's another one of those things where... There's something profoundly spiritual about an unaccompanied voice. So we do like to do some unaccompanied singing, at least. And when we're in a setting where there's some room for something that's a little more overtly spiritual or more overtly religious, I do know a lot of old gospel songs. So, you know, for a folk festival or something like that, or there's a Sunday morning saying or, you know, things along those lines. Sometimes we'll chime in. Give us another song to show us along the way for your Song of the Soul, Pat. This next one is a, a song by another one of my favorite singers and songwriters who sadly recently passed away, Hazel Dickens. The song is called Pretty Bird. She was another one of those incredibly pioneering women that wrote about subjects that women were not supposed to write about. As far as I know, Hazel always used her name throughout, unlike Jean Ritchie, who actually published some of her songs under a sort of a sexually ambiguous, but clearly kind of male-sounding pseudonym, because she knew, and she was right, that her songs would not have been heard had people thought that they were uh, written by a woman. Uh, She used the name Fan Hall, uh, Jean Ritchie did. But Hazel was right out there, you know, from really rural poor background, she spoke right up and out about the rights of workers and the horrific conditions that people experienced in the mines of uh, West Virginia and Kentucky, and uh, also about the women's issues that must have been incredibly thorny in her community for her to speak out about those things. She has a um, song called Don't Put Her Down, You Help Put Her There about images of women and and how critical the culture is about women who look a certain way. And, you know, she puts it right out there to say the image of women is also created by the culture. It's not just created by the woman. And you can't just blame her for trying to look a way that is somehow socially 
acceptable, that will allow her to, you know, have some freedoms that she wouldn't otherwise have. And Pretty Bird is along those lines. At least my interpretation of it is that she's encouraging women to not just stay in their circumstances if their circumstances don't support them. And in fact, if their circumstances are abusive or painful to them, that she has options. But she sings it in this just deeply mournful Appalachian voice that just sounds so ancient and so evocative of the pain that some women live with. And this isn't to say that men don't live with pain, but too often women's suffering gets trivialized or gets ignored because the women have to be the caretakers of of the man and not the other way around. So I really appreciated, you know, her advocacy in this song, but also her speaking to the emotion of those circumstances. The song is Pretty Bird, Hazel Dickens. Fly away, little pretty bird. Fly, fly away. 
Life far beyond the dark mountains To where you'll be free evermore Fly away, little pretty bird Where the cold winter winds don't blow. You just heard Hazel Dickens singing Pretty Bird. It is the third song today for Pat Humphrey's Song of the Soul. Pat and Sandy O together make up Emma's Revolution, and you're going to hear more of their music. And Pat, fortunately, you're going to include one of your songs in this set. I was a little disappointed you didn't include more of it. Your music is so deeply spiritual and moving to me that we could fill up an entire Song of the Soul about it. But I, I really am also enjoying seeing where you came from. You're a bit younger than me. You're referring to people like Mahalia and so on. Weren't they kind of old camp for you? You weren't part of the 60s folk revival. No, I wasn't part of that revival. But once I tapped into, really, when I went to school, when I went to college, I went to college at Kent State. And when I got to Kent State, there was a whole community of musicians and music lovers there that just opened me up to these incredible worlds that I didn't really have much access to in the suburbs of Cleveland where I grew up. Though I I should say that there was also a community of musicians in Cleveland that kind of took me in. I started singing professionally when I was 17, when I was in high school. This group of folks heard me and I was singing with my neighbor down the street. We did covers of, of songs and I learned some stuff from him, but then I would hear these other people singing traditional songs and Irish songs, all, all kinds of different things that, that I had never really heard. So that, I think, started opening the door to things. And then I got down to Kent State. Uh, a friend of mine played me Hazel Dickens, and I just thought, wow, you know, where does that voice come from? You know, what, what made that voice what produced that kind of songwriting and those kinds of songs? So I, I just kept digging deeper and deeper. And, and likewise, with, uh, I think that's probably where I heard Sister Rosetta Tharp for the first time, too. I had a friend, Andy Cohen, a great guitar player, sort of Rip and Gary Davis style guitar player, lives down in Memphis now. But he was around Kent for a long time and part of the Kent State Folk Festival. So he opened me up to all this you know, early blues and jazz and so I, I think I probably found my way to Sister Rosetta through him. I just found that I loved lots of different aspects of gospel music, and you know, country gospel and urban gospel. So I started exploring those things from there. I, I toyed with the idea of uh, studying musicology, actually, at, at one point, because I, I was just so thrilled. I was so inspired by... Uh, all these incredible kinds of music out there to, you know, be able to spend all my time listening to these things and, and writing about them, you know, just was so exciting to me. So I, that was my great sort of trip backward into all of these fabulous traditions 
well, it's our luck that you got exposed to all this kind of music. You're sharing it here for your Song of the Soul, but of course, those influences come through in the vast variety of music that you create for the music that you do as Edmonds Revolution. Any other influences you want to specifically pull to the front? Well, I, I mentioned that I went to college at Kent State University. I, I grew up 35 miles from there, and I'm, I'm the second youngest of six sisters, and most of my older sisters went to school at Kent State as well. It's, you know, it was our local state university, pretty much. So when my older sisters went to school there, they would have little sis weekends, and my younger sister Tammy and I would go and stay with them in the dorm over the weekend. It was, you know, we loved doing that. It was great to be able to spend time with our big sisters, you know. Between when my oldest sisters were there and when my next older sister was starting school there that the students were killed at Kent State in 1970, May 4th of 1970. I was 10 years old when that happened. I was watching TV when on the screen comes this footage of this woman crouched over a student dying in the parking lot of, of what had been my sister's dorm. I, I learned later that that was Marianne Vecchio crouched over a dying Jeffrey Miller in Prentice Hall parking lot. And my sister had lived in Prentice Hall. I had stayed there with her. Here was this, this act of state violence coming home to really my home territory, you know, to my family. It felt very direct. And that just opened a whole new window for me, causing me to question all these things that I, I thought were so, so solidly certain and so clear. And I just thought, well, so how can it be that... And, and here was Governor Rhodes coming on the television saying those students that were there that day are no better than the, the those brown shirts, you know, calling them communists. And I just thought... What is he talking about? My sisters go to school there, and if they were they were at school that day, they probably would have been there. You know, it just didn't make sense to me. And, and I started hearing songs. I think I started hearing songs in a different way. I started seeking out songs that spoke to what was going on in the world. And, it, and in fact, one of the early songs that I heard was Pete Seeger's Where Have All the Flowers Gone? I may have heard it, you know, by way of Peter, Paul, and Mary or, you know, any number of other folks that sang it, but I was very, very interested in that message. And then I heard Neil Young's song, Ohio, speaking directly to that experience. And I thought, he so captured the shock and the outrage and the, the emotion of that event. And I, I later learned that at that time in the music industry, people were really, ears were really trained on social justice. Neil Young was able to release that song in something like three weeks, which is, would, would never happen today. Not industry-wide in that way. You know, now a song would be released on YouTube or Facebook or something like that. And that's its own, that has its own kind of immediacy. But to have a whole major record label mechanism in place to release a song with that kind of message could not happen today. But because it did, because it, it happened then, so many more people in the world, I think, connected to the outrage and, you know, the deepest emotions around those killings. We're going to listen now to two songs for Pat Humphrey's Song of the Soul. First, 
Where Have All the Flowers Gone, performed in its original form by Pete Seeger, and the second one from Neil Young, Ohio. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago. Where have all the flowers gone? The girls have picked them, everyone. Oh, when will you ever learn? Oh, when will you ever learn? Where have all the young girls gone? Long time passing. Where have all the young girls gone? Long time ago. Where have all the young girls gone? They've taken husbands, everyone. Oh, when will you ever learn? Oh, when will you ever learn? Where have all the young men gone? Long time passing. Where have all the young men gone? Long time ago. Where have all the young men gone? They're all in uniform. Oh, when will you ever learn? Oh, when will you ever learn?
Before that, you heard Pete Seeger's Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Pete Seeger is really an amazing, pervasive influence for many of us from the 60s and the 70s, isn't he? Yeah. I think I first heard Pete through the Arrow Book Club. <laughs> was, um, you, you know, you could order books at school, and then they would deliver them. You fill out the little sheet, and then they would deliver them to your classroom. And and I ordered a book that had a record in it that was, uh, Little bird, little bird, fly through my window. Little bird, little bird, fly through my window. Little bird, little bird, fly through my window and buy molasses candy. And what was the other side? Uh, Fed my cat under yonder tree. Cat went. I can't even remember. Oh, but I loved it. I loved those songs. And I would just, I would play it over and over and over again. He had all these traditional songs that I learned about through that one record. So I thought that was really fun. I didn't know, you know, that there were these really old children's songs that he was singing. And I loved the sound of the banjo and everything. And then I, I later heard Where Have All the Flowers Gone? You know, something that Pete had written. Went on to hear, you know, Turn, 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 and Waist Deep in the Big Muddy, and... Things like that. I remember my uncle, my dad's brother, coming up from Florida one time to visit us in Ohio. My <laughs> my parents were very proud of of my my singing and guitar playing. I taught myself to to play when I was nine, and my uncle came through. I I don't know how old I was then. Well, it must have been right around ten, because I was playing "Where Have All the Flowers Gone" on on my guitar and. My dad asked me if I would play a song for my uncle. So I sang, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? And he was sitting there, and a a tear came streaming down his cheek. And I thought, wow. I was really... I mean, I guess I knew that music touched me like that. But I didn't know that it touched other people like that. Pete's continued to be a huge influence on me. I would go to see him whenever... uh, At that time, he was touring with Arlo. Then I was involved with, I got involved with a a group called the People's Music Network. And I had just written my song, uh, Keep On Moving Forward. And I I sang Keep On Moving Forward in a great big song circle. I must have been 30 or more people in that circle. And I finished the song and all of a sudden this hand comes from behind me, right in front of my face with a tiny little slip of paper on it. And I hear this voice from behind me saying, is this how it goes? (laughs) I turned around, and it was Pete. And while I was singing Keep On Moving Forward, he had notated the melody on there. And I wasn't very good at reading notation. I'm still not very good at reading notation. So I wasn't really sure. So I just said, I don't know. Pete would sing it to me. So he sang it back to me. He'd gotten it just right. 
but that sort of began our our friendship. And we saw one another at least once a year at these gatherings, at people's music gathering, and then. Uh, I actually came out to New York State because of the Hudson River Sloop Clearwater, an organization that Pete had started to clean up the Hudson River. I had heard about it when I was growing up in Ohio because I, I lived in the Cuyahoga River Valley and knew about how polluted the Cuyahoga was. And there was a big story in the Cleveland paper about this songwriter, Pete Seeger, who had started this organization to clean up the Hudson River. And I was very inspired by that. So then years later, somebody gave me a call, a songwriter friend of mine, Kathy Winter, actually, who lives in Schenectady. She gave me a call and she said, you know, I was going to go down and sing on the Clearwater for their fall, they do a fall pumpkin sale. I don't know if they still do it now, but they would do these mini kind of harvest festivals all along the Hudson to raise awareness about the organization and about cleaning up the river and and she said but you know I can't make it do you want to take my place and I said sure <laughs> so I got in the car and drove to New York and met up with the boat sailed on the boat and boy it was just like being in a dream you know I couldn't believe that I was going to be able to actually be on this boat that I had read about in the newspaper when I was a kid and this project that I just thought was one of the most inspiring things I'd ever heard of You've got so many wonderful stories, Pat. I think we could spend maybe all day and maybe all week here. (laughs) (laughs) But unfortunately, we'll go off the air at a certain point. So I want to ask you for one last song, and please, please let it be one of yours. (laughs) Sure. Well, when I came to the Hudson Valley, I was really smitten with the river, with the Clearwater, with Pete, and the whole project. So two weeks later, I moved to the Hudson Valley and lived there, ended up living there uh, the better part of 13 years. And in that time, I wrote a, a number of songs, among them a song called Swimming to the Other Side, very much inspired by the river. And Well, it really came at a time when my friends in the activist community were exhausted, it was at, you know, a time where the Contra Wars were raging throughout Central America and the deinstitutionalization was happening. So all of these people that had been, you know, rightly or otherwise institutionalized for mental illness and stuff, there was this sort of mass reevaluation and people were just kind of put out. But there weren't substantial enough services for people. So, it, you know, almost overnight, homelessness increased three times or something. So everybody I knew was working so hard to deal with all of the things that were going on. And I really felt a great sense of responsibility to say something encouraging. But when I sat down to write, I I realized that I was as exhausted as anyone. But for me, I always had music to fall back on. So I looked up at the night sky there in the Hudson Valley and and above my head was the Big Dipper shining through. And for some reason, I always derived great comfort from that constellation, seeing that constellation in the sky. And, And I looked up at the night sky at the Big Dipper and I started to sing. And when I started to sing, the song came out whole. We'll close out this Song of the Soul with Pat Humphreys with her song, Swimming to the Other Side. Thank you so much, Pat, for being here, for giving us the gift of music and the gift of your stories. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Swimming to the Other Side, Pat Humphreys. We are living neath the great big dip. 
deeper we are washed by the very same rain we are swimming in the stream together some in power and some in pain we can worship this ground we walk on cherishing the beings that we live beside loving spirits will live forever we're all swimming to the other side i am alone i am searching hungering for answers in my time i am balanced at the brink of wisdom i'm impatient to receive a sign i move forward with my senses open imperfection can be my crime in humility i will listen we're all swimming to the other side we are living in the great big dipper we are washed by the very same rain we are swimming in the stream together some in power and some in pain we can worship this ground we walk on cherishing the beings that we live beside loving spirits will live forever we're all swimming to the other side on this journey through thoughts and feelings binding intuition my head my heart i am gathering the tools together i'm preparing to do my part all of those who've come before me band together and be my guide loving lessons that i will follow We are living in the great big dipper. We are washed by the very same rain. We are swimming in the stream together. Some in power and some in pain. We can worship this ground we walk on, cherishing the beings that we live beside. Loving spirits will live forever. We're all swimming to the other
is Pat Humphreys of the group Emma's Revolution. Look for emmasrevolution.com and tune in to our Spirit in Action program when Pat and her partner Sandy O will share their music for peace and social change. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be-